that's what always happens. Societies accrue their greatest wealth at the moment that they face death. Isn't it, isn't it good old Adam Smith? Isn't that what he Of course, is? it's good old Adam Smith, provided you have a control in terms of the total amount of money available. But it's not good old Adam Smith for those printing presses to be pouring out paper money, okay. which, uh, which you and I and the government in particular can use. We don't, we don't create inflation by our personal behavior. We create inflation by getting our legislators, the people in Washington, to vote for more and more spending. Germany, 1945, a devastated country, a nation defeated in war. The new governing body was the Allied Control Commission, representing the United States, Britain, France, and the Soviet Union. They imposed strict controls on practically every aspect of life, including wages and prices. Along with the effects of war, the results were tragic. The basic economic order of the country began to collapse. Money lost its value. People reverted to primitive barter, or they used cameras, fountain pens, cigarettes, whiskey as money. That was less than 40 years ago. This is Germany as we know it today, transformed into a place a lot of people would like to live in. How did they achieve their miraculous recovery? What did they know that we don't know? Early one Sunday morning, it was June 20th, 1948, the German Minister of Economics, Ludwig Erhard, a professional economist, simultaneously introduced a new currency, today's Deutschmark, and at one fell swoop, abolished almost all controls on prices and wages. Why did he do it on a Sunday morning? It wasn't, as you might suppose, because the stock markets were closed on that day. It was, as he loved to confess, because the offices of the American, the British, and the French occupation authorities were closed that day. He was sure that if he had done it when they were open, they would have countermanded the order. It worked like a charm. Within days, the shops were full of goods. Within months, the German economy was humming along at full steam. Economists weren't surprised at the results. After all, that's what a price system is for. But to the rest of the world, it seemed an economic miracle that a defeated and devastated country could, in little more than a decade, become the strongest economy on the continent of Europe. In a sense, this city, West Berlin, is something of a unique economic test tube, set as it is deep in communist East Germany. Two fundamentally different economic systems collide here in Europe, ours and theirs, separated by political philosophies, definitions of freedom, and a steel and concrete wall. To digress from inflation, economic freedom does not stand alone. It's part of a wider order. I wanted to show you how much difference it makes by letting you see how the people live on the other side of that Berlin wall. But the East German authorities wouldn't let us. 
The people over there speak the same language as the people over here. They have the same culture. They have the same forebears. They are the same people. Yet you don't need me to tell you how differently they live. There is one simple explanation. The political system over there cannot tolerate economic freedom. The political system over here could not exist without it. But political freedom cannot be preserved unless inflation is kept in bounds. That's the responsibility of government, which has a monopoly over places like this. The reason we have inflation in the United States, or for that matter, anywhere in the world, is because these pieces of paper and the accompanying book entries, or their counterparts in other nations, are growing more rapidly than the quantity of goods and services produced. The truth is, inflation is made in one place and one place only, here in Washington. This is the only place where there are presses like this that turn out these pieces of paper we call money. This is a place where the power resides to determine how rapidly the amount of money shall increase. Sometimes inflation has been cured this way on purpose. Sometimes it's happened by accident. During the Civil War, the North, late in the Civil War, overran the place in the South where the printing presses were setting up, where the pieces of paper were being turned out. Prior to that point, the South had had a very rapid inflation. If my memory serves me right, something like 4% a month. It took the Confederacy something over two weeks to find a new place where they could set up their printing presses and start them going again. During that two-week period, inflation came to a halt. After the two-week period, when the presses started running again, inflation started up again. It's that clear, that straightforward. More recently, there's another dramatic example of the only effective way to deal with rampant inflation. In 1973, Japanese housewives going to market were faced with an unpleasant fact. The cash in their purses seemed to be losing its value. Prices were starting to soar as the awful story of inflation began to unfold once again. The Japanese government knew what to do. What's more, they were prepared to do it. When it was all over, economists were able to record precisely what had happened. In 1971, the quantity of money started to grow more rapidly. As always happens, inflation wasn't affected for a time. But by late 1972, it started to respond. In early 73, the government reacted. It started to cut monetary growth. But inflation continued to soar for a time. The delayed reaction made 1973 a very tough year of recession. Inflation tumbled only when the government demonstrated its determination to keep monetary growth in check. It took five years to squeeze inflation out of the system. Japan had attained relative stability. Unfortunately, there's no way to avoid the difficult road the Japanese had to follow before they could have both low inflation and a healthy economy. First, they had to live through a recession until slow monetary growth had its delayed effect on inflation. Inflation is just like alcoholism. In both cases, when you start drinking 
or when you start printing too much money. The good effects come first. The bad effects only come later. That's why, in both cases, there's a strong temptation to overdo it, to drink too much and to print too much money. When it comes to the cure, it's the other way around. When you stop drinking or when you stop printing money, the bad effects come first and the good effects only come later. That's why it's so hard to persist with the cure. In the United States, four times in the 20 years after 1957, we undertook the cure. But each time, we lacked the will to continue. As a result, we had all the bad effects and none of the good effects. Japan, on the other hand, by sticking to a policy of slowing down the printing presses for five years, was, by 1978, able to reap all the benefits. Low inflation and a recovering economy. But there's nothing special about Japan. Every country that has had the courage to persist in a policy of slow monetary growth has been able to cure inflation and at the same time achieve a healthy economy. It's a hurricane. It's, we, right now it's kind of sunny, things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or uh, yeah, Sandy or, or uh, Andrew or something like that. And it's, you, you better brace yourself. Yeah, you're not joking. Um, this document is public. You guys can read it for yourselves. Um, it's called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. I'm just going to read the first part. Pause if you want to read it for yourself. It's just the security section, the first part of the document. It is patently impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society, i.e. the engineering of social automation systems, silent weapons on a national or worldwide scale, without implying extensive objectives of social control and destruction of human life, i.e. slavery and, you can read that word right there, that starts with the G, yeah, okay. All right, you can pause it to read the rest. Uh, you should get your hands on this document. Believe it when I tell you, these people don't care about any of us. They're just a bunch of globalists hanging out and coming up with too many bad ideas. Rand Paul, Kentucky Senator, and he joins me now. Should the American people be scared when the richest people in the entire world get together at a swanky conference and hatch these crazy ideas about how to make our lives better? Well, you know, if they really cared, they could have ridden with me. I was on a plane this morning. I was A category on Southwest Airlines. <laughs> and, you know, hey, that's something. Wasn't a private jet, but they could have saved. When you're on a private jet, they're spending five times as much of a carbon footprint. So if they really cared about that, they could ride on commercial airlines, but they aren't. They're elitist. But the other real danger here that's even more danger than all their phony caring about carbon footprint, the real danger is this. Look how bad your government is in a country where you get to vote for these people. This would be a government, a world government, where you don't get to vote on anybody. This is everybody's worst nightmare. The bureaucracy that we have trouble in our United States because we don't get to vote on them, we vote indirectly. Can you imagine the one world bureaucracy of all these elitists and their private jets that would rule our, our country and we wouldn't get to vote? So I'm dead set against this. And they used to call people who talked about one world government, they used to say, oh, it's a conspiracy. We would always say, no, it's in their mission statement. They say <laughs> it at every meeting. That's what they're for. 
but uh, lock, lack of sovereignty means lack of freedom and it means lack of responsiveness and it's completely antithetical to everything our country stands for. Yeah, and I don't want to put down Bill Gates and these guys. You know, they do a lot for charity. That, But when you hear him kind of just dismiss inflation or, you know, oh, you know, you're going to have to go through some pain in order to kind of go with my idea. You know, the American people hear that and they think, come on, man, you're not you're not serious, are you? But it's not only insensitivity because they've never been to a grocery store and have no idea what things cost, but it's also that we now have a whole set of our political spectrum that's out there saying it's caused by greed. If you were in a third grade, third grade class, I would give you a failing grade if you told me inflation was caused by greed. That is the dumbest explanation, the most implausible, and that lacking all facts that someone would try to put forward. Inflation cause, is caused by an increase in the money supply that increases the demand. It's done because we spend too much money. The Federal Reserve prints it up to borrow it. It floods the economy and drives prices up. If you don't understand that, they'll never get it any better. And my prediction is it's going to get a lot worse before November. What do you think about this tracking technology they're cooking up? They're going to track your your carbon footprint. I mean, I think that these liberals are already stressed out enough, Senator. Imagine when they find out like everything they do is is killing the the ozone. I mean, they're going to go crazy. They're going to start yelling at us. Yeah, privacy is not much of a concern for these kind of people. So not only do they want to track you for your carbon footprint, the WHO has announced, you know, they're forming a treaty and it's going to be this treaty for the next pandemic. But in the next pandemic, it's not going to be a, a, a Washington-based mandate on vaccines or a Washington-based social distancing or mask. It's going to be an international one. And they actually want to track everybody with a QRS code. I think that goes beneath the surface right back <laughs> here, but I'm not sure how how they get it in you but uh, no I mean it's no laughing matter it is very worrisome but whenever they talk about it they have absolutely no concern for privacy and you're exactly right they don't care about the individual they don't know people like us they've never been on a bus they've never been on Southwest Airlines they've never driven a car most of them have never even driven their own car so these are not the kind of people we want telling the rest of us what to do all right Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky flies commercial Let it be known. Thank you so much, Senator. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I won. This is a good beginning of my plan to dominate the human race. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. Expecting every single person to make soap and broth and compost and mend clothes and to be able to make all the necessary repairs and to upcycle their trash into useful things is just never going to happen. No one has time to do everything, especially if they're forced to have a job too. But if one person learns to make soap and everyone in the neighborhood brings them their leftover animal fat and gets soap in return, it becomes a lot more manageable. 
Someone else learns to spin dryer lint. Someone learns to pulp and recycle papers. Someone grows food. Someone else raises chickens. And so on. And eventually, you've got yourself a whole bartering community. Less stuff going into landfills. Less money going to corporations. And more prosperity for everyone. people welcome back uh i'm gonna read you guys an article that i found to be very very interesting this is from reuters and this article is entitled fact check of edited video cuts pfizer ceo's comments at world economic forum okay so reuters is trying to fact check a bunch of alleged conspiracy videos and comments that have been circulating on social media uh and they explain what was clipped from the meeting and what was construed to be something conspiratorial online okay uh so you decide for yourself i'm not taking a side on this i just find this article to be very informative for the thinking rational person to be able to look at what those videos that were circ have been circulating, and if you don't know uh, what I'm talking about, there there are countless videos circulating online. Uh, I've played a few in previous shows, uh, clips from uh, panel discussions that occurred at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, May 2022. People, the beginning of the end of the American Empire, <laughs> some may say. But let me read through this and decide for yourself, people, if you agree or disagree. Okay, here we go. In an edited video uh, that was shared by social media users online showing the Pfizer chief executive Albert Borla speaking at the World Economic Forum at Davos, Switzerland, May 2022. Borla did not say that by 2023, his team aimed to cut the world's population by 50%. The unedited clip showed the company's CEO saying that his team set a target to cut the number of people who couldn't afford Pfizer's medicines by 50%. <laughs> wow. The misleading clip cuts Borla's comments, taking several words out of the clip to make it appear as if the company's CEO said that his team aimed to see the world's population plummet by 2023. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's deceptive, right? The deceptively edited clip makes it seem that Borla said, quote, I think that it was really a bit of a dream we had together with my leadership team. When we started in 19, 2019, the first week we met in January of 19 in California to set up the goals for the next five years. And one of them was by 2023, we would reduce the number of people in the world by 50%. I think today, this dream is becoming a reality. People are then heard clapping in response to his comments. So they're saying that that clip was allegedly a clipped clip manipulated to infer or to suggest 
something a little bit more sinister and scary, right? So you be, be, you be the judge on that, okay? Uh, one user who shared the edited video on Facebook said, Pfizer CEO, our dream is... Uh, is to reduce population by 50% by 2023. I think this dream is becoming a re reality. So then the uh, user said, so which one? So which of us is on their hit list? I don't know, maybe people that don't want to take the vaccine. Maybe they're the people on the hit list. They need total control over the society. And here in a minute, I'm going to get to one of those top secret government documents, silent weapons for quiet wars that that lady was talking about in that little clip montage uh, from the previous segment. Scary. So Reuters is saying that this clip was altered. The CEO of Pfizer did not say that at the World Economic Forum in Davos that his team had set a goal to see the world's population plummet but by 50%. The clip circulating online deceptively cuts several words from Borla's comments. In reality, he said his team had set a goal to cut the number of people who cannot afford Pfizer medicines <laughs> by half by that year. And if that's true, isn't that still just as scary? They're trying to force this vaccine on everybody, even the people that can't quote unquote afford it. <laughs> The government's just trying to help people. They're just trying to help. They care about you. They care about the lot of life of the average everyday person. For the first time in human history. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, people. It's coming. It's coming. Let's move on. Uh, really quick. Uh... You know what that timeline kind of lines up with too? If that's not can if if it is actually true and not just a conspiracy, the Deagle forecast. Remember, I mean, I've talked about many many conspiratorial commentators have talked about the Deagle forecast and how the population uh, is being shown to drop uh, by 2023 uh, or by 2025. I can't really remember somewhere in there. I'm sure it'll be a slow process and people will just start dropping like flies. According to the Deagle forecast, that's what's going to happen, right? So if that's true, I would ask the I would like to ask Reuters, hey Reuters, people that are saying that these videos are bullshit, go look at the Deagle forecast and then report back about that. Why don't you do a fact check on the Deagle forecast and uh, <laughs> report on it? I'd love to hear that. Go do a little digging. Go do a little research on where the Deagle forecast gets their data from. The government, the CIA, the yada yada, et cetera, et cetera, military industrial complex. So who's lying, people? Who's lying? We are all being lied to. And people, there are official declassified top secret government documents that prove it. You might want to sit down for this next part of the show. Go grab a beverage, strap on your seatbelt. Uh, the first time that I read over this, uh, what I'm about to share with you, it uh, scared the shit out of me. 
and uh, I think you guys need to know about this. So here we go. Another thing from the little clip medley I kicked off the show with today was the woman talking about the silent weapons for quiet wars top secret document that was allegedly leaked. Um, the first source for this document uh, came from William Cooper, the author of the book Behold a Pale Horse. Uh, if you guys don't know about him, he was one of the original quote-unquote conspiracy theorists, I guess you could say, um, although he has firsthand experience and a wealth of knowledge on the topic. Um, interesting story uh, surrounding William Cooper. Uh, maybe I'll get into it here a little bit later. Uh, maybe not uh, on this episode, but maybe in the future. But so I just wanted to read the whole part of what that woman was telling you in the clip before where she was talking about this secret document, the security section in the preface, she was saying. Uh, so here we go. Take a listen to this. It is patently impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society, i.e. the engineering of social automation systems also known as silent weapons, social automation systems, people. I'm thinking robots, AI, surveillance, etc. Silent weapons, media, propaganda, manipulation, silent weapons. On a national or worldwide scale, it is patently impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society, the engineering of social automation systems, silent weapons, on a national or worldwide scale without implying extensive objectives of social control and destruction of human life i.e. slavery and genocide. This manual is in itself an analog declaration of intent. Such a writing must be secured from public scrutiny. Otherwise, it might be recognized as a technically formal declaration of domestic war. Furthermore, whenever any person or group of persons in a position of great power and without full knowledge and consent of the public uses such knowledge and methodologies for economic conquest, it must be understood that a state of domestic warfare exists between said person or group of persons and the public. The solution of today's problems requires an approach which is ruthlessly candid, with no agonizing over religious, moral, or cultural values. That's very important. They're saying that a solution is actually part of the problem. Problem, reaction, 
solution. They're giving you the problem and they're giving you the solution. The goal is the same. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. The Hegelian dialectic, people. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity and yet analyze and discuss your observations and conclusions with others of similar intellectual capacity without the loss of discretion or humility. Such virtues are exercised in your own best interests. Do not deviate from them is how the intro clip speaking to the CIA operative reader of this top-secret document. They're telling them how to think about it, people. Let me read this to you again. You have qualified, CIA operative, for this project on silent weapons and for quiet wars. Social engineering, automation, social automation systems. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity. That means with no heart. That means without using your reason without having the best intention of the whole in mind. You've qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity, and yet analyze and discuss your observations and conclusions with others of similar intellectual capacity without the loss of discretion or humility. Such virtues, if you want to call them virtues, are exercised in your own best interest. Do not deviate from them. Silent weapon technology has evolved from operation research, a strategic and tactical methodology developed under the military management in England during World War II. The original purpose of operations research was to study the strategic and tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies, also known as logistics. And this paper goes on to talk about social engineering. The analysis and automation of a society requires the correlation of great amounts of constantly changing economic information. So a high-speed computerized data processing system was necessary, which could race ahead of the society and predict when society would arrive for capitulation. What does that remind you of? The MIT modeling research technology, AI algorithms, etc. We're already part of this system, people. We're already on our way to becoming robots. We're already in the matrix, people. And it's only going to get more matrixy as time marches on. <laughs> Relay computers were too slow, but the electronic computer invented in 1946 by J. Prosper Eckert and John W. Motchley filled the bill. The next breakthrough was the development of a simplex method of linear programming, 1947, by mathematician uh, George B. Danzig. Then in 1948, interesting year, that's the year that that movie uh, State of the Union came out. 
The transistor invented by J. Bardeen, W. H. Bretain, and W. Shockley promised great expansion of the computer field by reducing space and power requirements. With these three inventions under their direction, those in positions of power strongly suspected that it was possible for them to control the whole world with the push of a button. Immediately, the Rockefeller Foundation got in on the ground floor by making a four-year grant to Harvard College, funding the Harvard Economic Research Project for the study of the structure of the American economy. One year later, in 1949, the United States Air Force joined in. In 1952, a grant period terminated, and a high-level meeting of the elite was held to determine the next phase of social operations research. The Harvard Project had been very fruitful, as is borne out of uh, out by the publication of some of its results in 1953 suggesting the feasibility of economic and social engineering people. Studies in the structure of the American economy. Copyright 1953 came out by Wassily Lentoff from International Science Press Incorporated, White Plains, New York. Engineered in the last half of the decade of the 1940s, the new quiet war machine stood in sparkling gold-plated hardware on the showroom floor by 1954. With the creation of the Maser in 1954, the promise of unlocking unlimited sources of fusion atomic energy from the heavy hydrogen in seawater and the consequent availability of unlimited social power was a possibility only decades away and the combination was irresistible the quiet war was quietly declared by the international elite at the meeting held in 1954 although the silent weapons system was nearly exposed 13 years later the evolution of the new weapon system has never suffered any major setbacks this volume marks the 25th anniversary of the beginning of the quiet war. Already this domestic war, already this domestic war on you, the American people, has had many victories on many fronts throughout the world. People I'm not making this shit up. You can go discover this information for yourself. Political introduction in 1954. It was well recognized by those in positions of authority that it was only a matter of time, only a few decades before the general public would be able to grasp and upset the cradle of power, for the very elements of the new silent weapon technology were as accessible for a public utopia as they were for providing a private utopia. <laughs> Think about that. The issue of primary concern that of dominance, revolved around the subject of the energy 
sciences. I highly recommend you guys go Google Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, PDF. In the interest of future world order, peace, and tranquility, it was decided to privately wage a quiet war against the American public with an ultimate objective of permanently shifting the natural and social energy wealth of the undisciplined and irresponsible. Many. The undisciplined and irresponsible many into the hands of a self-disciplined, responsible, and worthy few. In order to implement this objective, it was necessary to create, secure, and apply new weapons, which, as it turned out, were a class of weapons so subtle, so sophisticated in their principle of operation and public appearance as to earn for themselves the name Silent Weapons. The objective of economic research, as conducted by the magnates of capital, banking, and the industries of commodities, goods, and services, is the establishment of an economy which is totally predictable and manipulatable. In order to achieve a totally predictable economy, the low-class elements of society must be brought under total control, i.e. must be housebroken, trained, and assigned a yoke and long-term social duties from a very early age before they have an opportunity to question the propriety of a matter. In order to achieve such conformity, the lower class family unit must be disintegrated by a process of increasing preoccupation of the parents and the establishment of government-operated day care centers for the occupationally orphaned children. The quality of education given to the lower class must be of the poorest sort, so that the moat of ignorance, isolating the inferior class from the superior class, is and remains incomprehensible to the inferior class. With such an initial handicap, even bright lower class individuals have little if any hope of extricating themselves from their assigned lot in life. This form of slavery is essential to maintain some measure of social order, peace, and tranquility for the ruling upper class. People, I rest my case. Everything that I have been telling you from episode 1 through 100 and here in this final, I guess, season ending, you could call it, 
bonus episode. You don't believe me? Go look up the document Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars and read it start to finish. And then ask yourself, are you a conspiracy theorist or are you a seeker of truth? And uh, speaking of truth, (laughs) have you guys uh, seen all the media coverage about Hillary Clinton being implicated in um, the stories about Russian collusion. It was a hoax, the Russian collusion hoax. Early, early on in like the first few episodes of my podcast, I said I was going to talk about it because it was complete and utter horseshit. The Mueller report was horseshit. All of it was just a, a, a attack on Trump and the Trump uh, presidency. And I'm not defending Trump by any means, but people, it was a hoax. Everyone that said that it was a hoax was right. And I don't know where the news, I don't know why the news has been reporting on the fact that Hillary was behind it. I don't know if it's part of the plan. But they sure have been talking about it. And I know this is a little bit of a subject change, but I just wanted to throw this into the show because, people, we told you so. We told you the Russian collusion hoax was exactly that. A hoax. Fabricated bullshit. They lied about the Steele dossier. Rand Paul said that to Alejandro Mayorkas on the Senate floor when they were trying to sell the Ministry of Truth to us people. It's coming. Here, let's talk about Hillary for a sec. All right, people, take a listen to this. Hillary did it. Her 2016 campaign manager says she approved a plan to plant a false Russia claim with a reporter. Steel dossier ring a bell? And then here we go, Bloomberg. Hillary Clinton approved Trump-Russia leak to media. Her campaign manager says, and this is from the post-millennial breaking news, Hillary Clinton authorized dissemination of Russia collusion collusion hoax to the press. All you people who thought that, that Trump was colluding and conspiring with Russia, the Steele dossier, guess what? It was a political Hatchet job. Hatched by Killary Clinton. (laughs) We told you people, here we go, Daily Caller. Uh, Elon Musk straight up calls Russia conspiracy an elaborate hoax staged by Clinton. (laughs) And that's why Elon's probably either in trouble or part of the plan somehow. And then people, even CNN politics, Hillary Clinton personally approved plan to share Trump-Russia allegation with the press in 2016, campaign manager says. Even CNN, through Hillary, 
under the bus. People. <laughs> Say what you want. Say what you want about President Trump. But everyone that said that it was a Russian collusion hoax was right. And all you lefties and Trump-bashing haters out there drinking your haterade, guess what? You were wrong. Incorrect. Not right. <laughs> wrong. Own it. Learn from it. Move forward from this experience. Try to get better. Get smarter. Become less brainwashed. Manipulated. Become less ignorant. Naive. Gullible. Stupid. Strive to be better, people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I gotta hit you with this. But this is... <laughs> And who knows? Maybe all the media hey, you know what? Maybe all the media companies are lying. Maybe they're just pinning it pinning it on her for one reason or another. Maybe it's part of the elaborate plan. Maybe it's part of the conspiracy theory, right? Who knows? But it is quite interesting that all your ma mainstream media news networks tried selling you on the Russian collusion hoax for a couple years there. It's just another example, people, of how the media is the fourth branch of the government. All the media is trying to tell you is what they want you to hear. They're trying to manufacture your consent. They're trying to social engineer your mind to think about something in a certain way and arrive at a certain conclusion based on persuasion or what? Was it persuasion? I guess in a, in a manner of speaking. But really it was because of mental media manipulation, propaganda, brainwashing, Operation Mockingbird, MK Ultra, CIA, operations, etc., 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 <laughs> My fellow Americans, there's a big club trying to take over financial total control of the entire world. A wealthy financial elite and world bankers, multinational corporations, huge hedge funds like BlackRock that control pretty much everything. I mean, it is a crazy world out there, people. Here, take a listen to this. Uh, here's a little bit more on the whole Hillary thing. I wanted to run this by a CIA bombshell. The Sussman data was user-created. Confirmation of a frame job against President-elect Trump. Uh, here we go. I waited on Special Counsel John Durham's latest filing on the Michael Sussman case. This 
whoever wrote this on uh who is this techno fog substack whoever this person is wrote this the motion exceeded expectations discussing cia conclusions that sussman was providing implausible data to federal authorities providing cia notes regarding their meeting with sussman and confirmation that they essentially spied on president-elect trump the the motion can be found uh it is it was filed as part of the government's efforts to convince the court that the evidence it seeks to admit in Sussman's trial is relevant and admissible. Here are some of the important parts. Durham provided to the court two sets of notes relating to Sussman's representations to the CIA. Um, and I, I don't want to go through all of this, but uh, let's just say the Durham report came in. And uh, that's why all of those mainstream media news uh, sources, I would imagine, reported on Hillary being behind all of it. You know, and then speaking of BlackRock, I mean, people, (laughs) uh, there was a a story that came out from uh, the Insider paper on news and the world. Russia-Ukraine war to trigger new world order, says BlackRock CEO. And, you know, Yuval Noah Harari, the author of that book, Sapiens, he's apparently a top advisor to Klaus Schwab, and he said that COVID is critical because, or it was critical because it was what convinced the people to accept total biometric surveillance. And more biometric surveillance is coming, people. Uh, There was a news report that came out uh, whilst you were distracted by the Battle of Ukraine, documents were published confirming Moderna created the COVID-19 virus. <laughs> and then, you know, Trudeau up in Canada is banning handguns. And then he came out and said uh, that the, the, the Canadian government's going to move to make expanded surveillance power over financial transactions permanent. People, they're going to monitor everything. Uh, I think uh, the guys over at uh, Shadow Band Podcast posted an uh, article or had a whole episode, actually. You should go check it out. Project Looking Glass, the biotracking sentient world simulation, which was allegedly what was being spoken about in that uh, top-secret government document, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. People, it's coming. National Terrorism Advisory uh, Bulletin came out uh, February of this year, 2022. You are now officially a terrorism threat if you share misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in the U.S. government institutions. (laughs) This is not a drill. Go look it up. DHS.gov slash NTAS slash advisory. Summary of terrorism threat in the United States. The proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. institutions and continued calls for violence directed at the U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, mosques, 
institutions of higher education, radical and religious minorities, I'm sorry, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and military, the media and perceived ideological opponents, and any calls for foreign terrorist organizations uh, to attack United States based on recent events. They got us by the balls, people. They can sell us any story. They can manipulate your mind to be ready for the next thing that they plan on rolling out, people. I'm telling you. It's coming. And here's another thing. I've never even talked about this on my show before. But a lot of conspiratorial podcasters out there have touched on this. And I'm going to tell you about this right now. People, do you guys know what the Tavistock Institute is? A top-secret brainwashing think tank. The reason words like anti-masker became part of the public psyche. They create words, then force them through media outlets, which are then parroted by the masses. The Tavistock Institute was established to wage psychological warfare on the masses. It was founded by John Rawlings Reese, 1947, two days after the birth of the CIA. Tavistock has reshaped modern society through an invisible army of shock troops. Virtually every major corporation, university, and think tank are linked to Tavistock. Many social movements of the last century have been Tavistock projects, including the feminism movement, radical left-wing ideas. They invented the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, rap and hip-hop music, and most Americans have been profiled and brainwashed now by the Tavistock Institute. Bet you didn't know that, did you? Unless you're into this stuff, you never heard of Tavistock Institute, right? You've never heard of the Durham Report. Probably. You've never heard of Michael Sussman. You've never heard of Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Quiet Wars. And that's why you've never heard of it. Quiet. People, they've been keeping this shit quiet ever since World War II. Ever since the 40s and 50s, when all this shit was hatched, right around the same time, or actually shortly thereafter, we figured out that nuclear weapons capability was a thing that we had. Allegedly, the Nazi empire in Nazi Germany fell after World War II, right? Or did it? Operation Paperclip. The rise of the Fourth Reich, allegedly. The communist subversion plan outsourced for the world. People. It's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state order. Totalitarian dictatorship that's coming people thank you so much for listening i am andrew for america this is the politics and punk rock podcast 
And this is my bonus episode I'm giving to you after my first 100. Wanted to throw some uh, clips that I had ready to go, stories I had ready to go. I wanted to kind of clump them all together into this show. Some of the more controversial, conspiratorial stuff I haven't talked about yet and I wanted to talk about. I wanted to just kind of throw it together in this little hodgepodge bonus episode for you. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue regularly putting out episodes um, until I get some of the business stuff done. I talked about in a previous show. I got to update all my show notes. I got to get uh, firing on all cylinders here and uh, get the, the process a little bit more streamlined. And then I'll be back on the mic, people, back in action. Telling truth to the belligerent, gullible, unwashed masses. (laughs) Trying to help you out, people. I'm trying to wake you up. Because they're coming after you. A domestic war against the American people is what we are up against. And I want you to learn and grow and achieve goals and become more connected, aware, mature, courageous. And I want you to do it for you. I want you to do it for me. I want you to do it for all of us. Thank you so much for listening, people. I promise soon I'm going to come back with more positive punk rock tunes. More music stories. I'm going to I'm going to hit up a little bit more uh I'm I'm going to be a little bit more punk rock oriented in the future. I'm going to do shows that don't have anything to do with social issues and conspiracy and all that bullshit. Uh I kind of want to do a show about Gigi Allen and kind of want to talk about the history of punk rock. Uh, I'm going to get into that kind of stuff. I'm going to get into some more educational podcasts like I told you I was uh, moving towards getting back to basics and fundamentals, right? Giving you the building pl- the building blocks to construct arguments and to know how to think and how to process information. And then uh, my future, some of my future shows are also going to get crazy on this level. Talking about Project Looking Glass and Project Blue Beam, uh, you know Operation Paperclip, MK Ultra, Operation Mockingbird. People, just go look at the history of the CIA, and you will know the plan for the world, the supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. David Rockefeller. Go to the website politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com Buy a t-shirt, donate to the show. Read the show notes. 
that will hopefully soon be completely finished. Send me an email, andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Go look me up on all your favorite social media sites. I'm out there. I'm not a hard guy to get a hold of. I work mostly on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, right now, a little bit on Gab, a little bit on MeWe, all the other sites. I, I, I posted a few videos too. Uh, but a lot more of that's coming in the future. I'll have a lot more videos, a lot more music, a lot more pi positive vibes. Uh, but I'm always going to keep it real with you people. I'm not going to pull any punches. I will be the person that rips the band-aid of reality and deception off of you. The band-aid of deception, I guess you could say. So that you could see the reality so that you can heal from your hypnos hypnosis. <laughs> so you can wake up from the spell, the curse that you have been under. And I want to end with this. I want to I want to give you guys some good news. If you listen to my final episode 100 blowout extravaganza with Moral Bob, towards the end of that episode, I talked about some personal stuff that I had going on in my life with my ex-fiance. And uh, lucky for me, I'm going to settle on the case. I took a stay of adjudication. It's not going to go on my permanent record. I got to pay a fine and take a class. And it'll be as if I was never arrested. I really hope my ex finds peace in her life. I really do hope that she finds joy and happiness. And the reason why I say that is because I know it's hard out there, people. It's only getting more and more difficult every day. And if we don't get past the narcissism, the out-of-control, fabricated, opulent, everyone wants to be rich, everyone wants to live in this fictitious fantasy world that we have created for ourselves. There's a, there's a great show I want you guys to go take a look at while I am kind of in hiatus. If you go to Amazon right now, there's a show called Generation Wealth. Uh, I forget what the woman's name is, the photojournalist who uh, created and produced it. But the intro clip to this episode is from that show. And it talks about the, the crazy that our American society has become. And it kind of started in the 80s uh, with the Reagan administration, and it's been going downhill ever since. It really started under the Nixon administration when we went off the gold standard. But, um, but that is a great documentary that will explain to you what happened from 1971 to this very moment where we went from a manufacturing uh, economy that produced products to one that just functioned on debt and inflation and the mass printing of money 
to keep up the charade, to keep up the smoke and mirrors, the facade. You know, and that veil is slipping. That mask is slipping. We're starting to see the realities of this world come to light. And you're going to need to be knowledge, knowledgeable, aware, courageous. You're going to have to be tough. In this new coming 21st century surveilled technological man merging with machine world. People, thank you for listening. I love you guys so much. I promise I'll be back soon. All the tumultuousness that has been going on in my life is going to be over shortly, hopefully. And as soon as I get some stuff taken care of, I will be back on the mic in this chair. Speaking truth. Speaking knowledge. Criticizing the powerful. And keeping it real. As real as I can keep it. Anyway. And as always people. I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm not trying to tell you. What to believe. I'm not trying to tell you how to feel. I am just providing you. With information. And it's your job to either accept or reject that information. And if you like my show, or if you think my show can benefit others, please do me the favor and share your favorite podcast episode. Tell your friends, spread the word. We got to do something, people. And this podcast is my contribution to the greater good. Love me or hate me. I don't really care how you feel about me. Your opinion of me is irrelevant to me. Wise man once said what other people think about you is none of your business. You just keep doing what you're doing. Keep learning, growing, and achieving. Try to keep in mind what's important in this short life. And don't pay too much attention to all the bullshit that doesn't matter. Strive to look more inwardly. Strive to solve the problems within you. And then maybe, just maybe, we can all start working together to solve the problems in this world. But people, it's got to start inside first. Thank you. Good night. And we'll see you next time. This has been a bonus episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast entitled Reality, Lies, Damned Lies, and Statistics Part 2. Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. We'll see you next time. Tattle Nelly.
making claims. Claims about what? You and everyone you know has a piece of DNA in your genome put there without your knowing it. Put there by whom? Well, that's the question of the day. This is an internet lunatic. You're not saying you believe him. Hold on, Agent Einstein. You're talking to a scientist. Uh, forgive me, Assistant Director. It may sound insensitive, but the suggestion is pure science fiction. What I'm saying, Agent Einstein, is that the facts, as I understand them, cannot be discounted out of hand. No one has the right or the ability to tamper with your DNA. Unless we gave them that ability. You say they're tampering with our DNA, that they're able to shut down our immune systems by the addition of something to our DNA. Yes, but I don't know how exactly. Or how it's being triggered. I don't know that either. Or why it's happening now. What can we possibly do? We need to act quickly. You were right about that. Well, I was wrong about the science. I was wrong about what's causing it. Dead wrong, in fact. It, but it's clearly a widespread failure of our immune systems. Through gene tampering. A virus within a virus that was put there through the smallpox vaccine. It's what these men are calling the Spartan virus. We have to figure this out. What's wrong with the science? Okay. The Spartan virus removes the adenosine deaminase gene from your DNA. It removes the ADA gene and your immune system will simply vanish. Yeah, but I'm not getting sick. It's only a matter of time. Okay. So how does it work? How does the virus remove the ADA gene? A process called CRISPR-Cas9. CRISPR-Cas9. RNA and a protein cutting genes at exact locations. Exactly. But in this instance, used as a weapon. The ultimate weapon. The ability to depopulate the planet. To kill everyone but the chosen. By tampering with their DNA. Through gene editing. Why do such a thing and lie about it? Our own government. Your own government lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The Tuskegee experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective. Listen up. Over of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient. By severe drought, brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high-altitude electromagnetic waves. In a state of perpetual war, to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home. With tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. The militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S. The building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose. The corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America by a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. Happening as we sit here. It's happening all around us. The other shoe waiting to drop. It'll probably start on a Friday. The banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend. Digital money will disappear. 
They can just steal your money? Followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids. What will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia? An invasion of the U.S. The Russians tried it in 47. Truth is out there, people. Go watch the X-Files. Predictive programming. They tell us everything.